Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Nav. I'm Una. How's it going, Una? Uh, well, I just watched all of this week's EastEnders in one sitting, um, so I'm feeling pretty traumatised, to be honest. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I'm really glad to have had a, a night's sleep to get over last night's episode. Oh, God. It was just excruciating. Like, everything about this week was horrendous. I was really... I was just having one of those moments where I was like, why do I watch this show? Why do I put myself through this? Yeah, I was I was thinking as well, like, when I was watching last night's episode, I was, in any other circumstance, I would have turned it off, except for the fact that I was like, oh, well, I'm recording a podcast about this over the weekend, so I've got to, I've got to stick it through. Same. I literally, I paused it at one point because my heart was beating so fast. I was so stressed. I didn't know whether it was, like, better or worse to know what was coming as well yeah I mean they signposted it pretty clearly throughout the week and obviously we'll get into that when we get into the episode so yeah even if we hadn't had the spoiler by the end of Monday's episode it was pretty obvious but obvious to the point where it was a little bit silly but as I say we'll get into that when we get into the episode. yeah we'll talk about um, it later I think probably for people listening let's put a bit of a content warning on this show there's probably going to be quite a lot of like in-depth discussion of domestic violence and we're going to play some audio clips as well so if you do want to listen and you're worried about that we'll give you we'll tell you how long each one's going to be so you can skip ahead if you don't want to listen to that yeah, exactly. This is going to be a difficult one, but should we start on a lighter note at least? Yeah, let's. Do we, should we check ourselves on our predictions from last week? <laughs> yeah, let's see how we're doing. What was your prediction? Well, I had two, but my official one was that Stacy would return and she wouldn't give much of a shit about Ruby and Martin being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but my unofficial second one, which definitely didn't happen was that it would be Suki would be the one to stop Kirat from intervening. Yeah, I thought that it was going to be that as well. I like I thought that was a really convincing prediction, but actually probably it makes more sense that, you know, they put it all on grey. That does Right. <laughs> probably a good move. But I was sort of like, oh yeah, it would be kind of good if like Suki intervened and like fucked it all up and then put this like rift between her and Kirat, but like I'm sure that's going to come through another way anyway. Well, I don't want to don't want to say my prediction for this week right now, but um, mine's another Suki related one on oh, the same note. Oh, yeah, you just got your fingers crossed for like big, big Suki storylines. Right, right. What was your uh, Stacy based prediction? For last week? <laughs> yeah, so I, I like re-listened to the episode and realised that I just sort of robbed your prediction <laughs> at the end. I just like repeated it. Um, yeah, mine was also that Stacey's going to come back. And I thought that mine's injury would maybe be like a catalyst for Stacey to come back and see if he's okay. Like, in theory, that could still come true. But mine seems to be 100% fine now. So maybe not. Yeah, right. It was quite rushed, that storyline. But um, <laughs> I remember when you said it last week, I thought it was a genius prediction. Oh, thank you. Um, but um, obviously, Stacey comes back for some other reason, maybe to do with her kids and co-parenting hopefully we just want her back come back i don't care what how she comes back yeah let's just, bring her back let's just make it happen anyway talking of uh arrival shall we talk about a departure that we heard about oh my god yeah so my friend texted me about this 
Wow. Which Did they like, even watch EastEnders? No. I think because like, sometimes this happens to me where people are like, oh, Uno loves EastEnders, so I'm going to text her and tell her about this spoiler that I've just found out about. Which can be quite annoying if you didn't want to know about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have found out anyway. This thing with social media, it's very, very hard to avoid storylines, right. to avoid spoilers. But yeah, so drum roll. What's who's leaving? It's Max Branning. No. I uh, know, right? So how many Brannings does that leave on the square? Is it just Jack and it's his just, kids? Yeah, just Jack, isn't it? How many Brannings were there? Jim. Jim. Yeah, I mean, you obviously have the Jacksons, but, you know, I guess you don't count them. Mm, yeah, they're kind of their own entity, aren't they? Yeah, but right, a little this... lonely Jack on his own now. I know, right? Which is, kind of feels like a bit of an end of an era then. It does, but um, they did say, like, it sounds like they're not going to kill him off because um, there was an interview. <laughs> like, my friend literally copied and pasted and it was like a bit of an interview with... Um, jake word into whatsapp for me thank you and <laughs> where he was like um i'm really glad they, they're leaving the door open for max and then i was sort of like oh well he has left a lot like quite a few times and come back right right i guess this time they haven't got a return date in mind mm. did they have a return date like before do you think they always like had an idea of how he was going to come back before they got rid of him Maybe not the exact date, but I imagine they had the storyline in mind, yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I I do love Max. I think this makes a lot of sense, though, to be honest. like He has drifted like a lot the last couple of years and a kind of reset. I think because they attempted a reset when he returned. I think he returned twice married, right? Like once to uh, <laughs> Rainey and then another time to that woman from um, Footballers Wives. What was her name? Vanessa. Vanessa, yeah. Which called, yeah. Wait, was it her? He he was married to her, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. But they they right like they kind of I think they were like both attempts to like I don't know get him back into a family unit, and then I think they tried to do like Bachelor Max with Ruby, and that was a complete fail. <laughs> it was a complete fail. Yeah, that storyline right. was so weird. Right. So fair enough. I think let them have a break. Maybe they can. Uh, persuade Tanya to return and you know let them yeah. both return in like and five he's, years. He's had a lot of mad storylines as well. They almost like rinsed him for every storyline they can get out of him. Yeah. No, let him let him have a break. Let's refresh the Max storylines. Like he's been there for long enough that people would want him to come back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I love also I love a Max return. Like I'm sort of okay with him leaving so that we can get that day where he comes back and he's like all right. Right. Sorry, but he needs like a, he needs to be in a unit. Yeah, I'd he does. Want, I want him to return in the same way that like Danny Dyer arrived with like five family members. <laughs> yeah, if you had a whole new family, that'd be amazing. Right. Yeah, it would be great. Um, right. Shall we? As we're speaking of Max, shall we go straight into it on uh, the Max Ian storyline? Oh my God! Yeah, Ian is predictably um, not giving Max his money back. Yeah, I actually, so when I was editing the episodes that we released from pre-lockdown just over the weekend, yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to take some credit. I kind of, I mean, it was obvious because it's Ian, but you know, I was like, I think this is going to be a uh, a way in which Ian is going to fleece Max, him getting yeah. the, uh, the restaurant. Yeah, you did, um, you called it. All right, there we go. 
Can we actually just, so I, I made an audio clip of the scene where Ian was um, trying to get out of explaining to Max what's happened to his money and Ian was being completely ridiculous. So maybe we can listen to that now. This is a non-harrowing audio clip. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, um, he's unwell. Well, so what? Get yourself another lawyer. Yeah, but they, they can't find... Um his fault, my fault. No, ring him at home, Ian, all right, and get him to dig it out. Uh, yeah. He's in a coma. An induced coma. He's awaiting major surgery. Oh, is he? Yeah. Wow. That escalated fast. Yeah, he was, um, attacked. He was he was chasing some thieves and he, they, they attacked him and he banged his head. Right. Yeah. Bit like Martin. Must be catching. What's your game, Ian? <laughs> I don't think I'm making this up, do you? What, using my own cousin, Martin, who, who's lying in a hospital bed? Shut up, shut up, all right? You, you pretended your own daughter had brain cancer. Yes, yeah, so it's just lies. It's just pour out of you. I've just spoke to your mum, and she as good as told me you ain't got no money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Ian ridiculous. is so shit at lying. So shit. Yeah, I just felt like his character was almost... I mean, it was quite funny and it was fine. It was believable. But, like, the many ways in which Ian Beale was a scumbag this week was, like, almost too much. Right. And I loved Max's throwback to the Lucy cancer storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was so good. Because they're really rinsing Ian Beale, like, the last two weeks. So it was the Kathy line. No, the Sharon line where she was like, oh, come on, Kathy. Um... And then there was the Sharon line where it's like Ian Beale's been um, married five times. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And also, it's pretty clear to me that the, you know, the interactions that he's having with Sharon now are ultimately going to lead to her discovering that he did actually have a part to play in Denny's death. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's not playing this very well, is he? No, absolute disaster. Do you think the situation with Max is a contributing factor factor to Max leaving? Yeah, I don't. Sure, I'm still. I'm a bit perplexed by like what, how they're gonna get rid of him. Yeah, I feel like maybe he'll do like that thing where he loses everything and then he like goes completely nuts and he's just like horrible to everyone. Yeah, in fact, maybe that's what we should do. I don't know if we should do it now or at the end. Should we? do uh predictions on how max leaves yeah we should do that shouldn't we i've i've got one thing in mind which (coughs) great gonna have to cut that out (laughs) i'll start again um i've got one thing in mind which is that i'm gonna admit that i stole it from someone on twitter okay um but it could be that jane returns to (gasps) get her revenge Oh my god, because they never wrap that up. That always really bothered me that Jane left because she was being like blackmailed by Max or whatever. And then the whole situation got resolved with Max and then Jane never came back. Right, right. Jane's revenge. Um, have you got any alternative theories? I don't know exactly what's going to be like the catalyst for him to leave, but I think that he, in leaving, he might have some sort of meltdown where he tries to steal baby Abby off rainy and like i don't know because he's such a drama queen isn't he (laughs) the thing is that both of our our um, predictions are quite kind of like you know ones that don't play particularly well for max Mm. um but what i kind of secretly hope is that 
he leaves in kind of quite a pleasant way. Like he admits mistakes. He basically, re- you know, he maybe gets some of his money back from Ian, and he just basically is like, you know what? I've burned a lot of bridges on this square. On this square, I contributed to two of my children's deaths, <laughs> um, and it's time for me to reset away from the square. <laughs> I can't see that happening, to be honest. Yeah, shame, really. What I also would like to see, because in the Max versus Ian storyline, like, I'm so thoroughly on Max's side. So I just, I would quite like to see, like, Max fully somehow, like, rinse Ian, get all the money back and more, and then leave Ian, like, destitute and just be like, all right, see ya, I'm off now. Right. I'm gonna go on right. holiday forever. I mean, but that is pretty clear cut in terms of whose side you should be on. He's yeah, literally stolen his money. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like in the scheme of things, given that Max is an arsehole, if I had to choose, I would always choose Max in that situation. Yeah, I'm always sort of on Max's side though, like even when Max is being a scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> he is a real <laughs> shit though. Yeah, he's he a is. real bastard. He is terrible, but he's entertaining. Yeah, exactly. And Max kind of has these, like, honest moments that are more believable than, like, Ian's moments of self-awareness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, like, much more, um, he's much less manipulative than Ian. Like, he is very manipulative, but he's also got this, like, level of chaoticness to him where he can't quite, like, hold that together all the time. Right, exactly. And this is why I'm still secretly hoping that he has a slightly bigger moment of self-awareness and that's what triggers his leaving. But as you say, it's it's unlikely. I'm not so. optimistic about that, but let's see. Let's see. What do you think is going to play out then? I think we've kind of said maybe where we think the Ian Sharon storyline is going to go, but is there any other routes it might take? Oh, the Ian Sharon storyline. Oh, God. Oh, I just hate him so much. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just the yeah. worst. He's terrible. Um, I hope Sharon ends up with the pub somehow. Yeah, I'm trying to think though. Do you think she could end up back with Phil and they? Oh uh, no! Yeah, because, because there's forget... not really like an available family unit for her, is there? There isn't, and also something I've just realised as well is that Adam Woodyer is leaving as well. <gasps> is he? Ian, yeah, Ian's leaving. Didn't you know? I don't think I did. You know? Oh my god! I thought you knew. I don't think I did. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm trying to work out. So here's here's my kind of like you know, tinfold hat, like, conspiracy theory thinking. Well, not yeah. conspiracy theory, but, like, you know, trying to join dots here. Um, there's either two things. that it, His departure is something to do with Max's departure. So mm-hmm. they, you know, either go off to the sunset together or one of them dies. It's obviously not Max. I don't think it's Ian, so I don't think either of them will die. But my other big theory, at least when it comes to Ian's departure, um, is that Phil... Sharon, maybe Max, maybe Jane, all combine to fuck over Ian. Whoa, like a super revenge squad. Right? So like Sharon finds out what he did to Denny, teams (sighs) up with Phil, and then Phil finds out that Max has got a grievance, and then Phil meets up Jane in like a you know docs like the way he met Kathy in in a taxi and she gets involved and um but then I guess Jane has got no reason to want revenge on Ian. So maybe not Jane then, but at least like Max, Phil and Sharon. Yeah. And then Jane might have to come back to pick him up at the end. Right. Yeah. Wow. You should be on the EastEnders writing team. I would love to see that storyline. <laughs> I think it's it's quite possible, though, that Sharon teams up with Phil, though, no? Yeah, it is quite possible because she's not got like, I can't see any other connections developing for her. 
and they kind of that right. you can't have someone as like a standalone character so like if she's gonna have this big blowout with ian where their friendships ended she needs another attachment and it's just it's probably gonna have to be phil isn't it yeah exactly but and this takes us neatly to another storyline is phil gonna end up in jail because of callum oh my god um yes <laughs> this, this is actually i i this is my prediction what can i say it now or do i have to wait yeah. until the end of the show let's do it okay so right yeah i mean i feel like it's a bit of a lazy prediction because i feel like they like you send us quite heavily signaled towards this being the storyline but so ben's been arrested um callum's boss has basically said like give me phil right and that's what i think is going to happen and it's going to be like this massive test for callum and ben and i think ben oh my god it is phil leaving as well because that just feels like they've been hinting at that forever as well i think because they've announced so many departures they would have announced this one as well so i, so I don't think so yeah okay well that kind of like maybe ben will choose phil do you think so because if Callum puts Phil behind bars, that's like Ben's got like a really clear choice. He can either be like, okay, my awful father has gone and I can live my life with this nice man, although he is a cop. Um, or he can be like, fuck you, Callum, you've betrayed me. Right. The thing is, I'm actually a little bit irritated at this storyline because the idea that it wasn't hugely predictable that once Callum became a cop, that it wasn't going to lead to this situation. Um, and also the idea that Phil would have just let it go because he's so happy that his son has found love and all that kind of <laughs> shit. It's like... There's a lot that doesn't chance. add up here. Right. And also, right, so when they lured Danny Hardcastle back to the square, I was like, there's still been no explanation of why Danny Hardcastle never came after his money. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know if... I have no idea. No idea. Did Danny actually grasp Ben up or are they lying about that and it's just the video footage? Um, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I i don't know if it was that, like, they they got rid of all the CCTV cameras apart from, like, the ones that they knew would only get Ben and Phil. Oh, uh, okay. Or, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see, to be honest, because another uh, thing that I'm thinking is that that police officer spoke to Callum is like overstating the evidence against Ben mm. um, because you could probably to some extent explain away the CCTV footage like it's not really sufficient without an eyewitness without you know actual money on him like right. there's just yeah. not a lot there right so I wonder if he is slightly bullshitting Callum and actually Ben is going to get off anyway um, but by that point it's too late and Callum has fitted up Phil yeah Hmm. I mean, I think Callum sort of wants to get rid of Phil, in a way. Yeah, but it, there's. No, I just don't see a circumstance in which that happens, and he gets to stay with Ben. So yeah, Shouldn't because like the only way he could do it in a way that he could stay with Ben is if Ben is involved in getting rid of Phil, and I just don't see it. Yeah, that would be like a massive lot of uh, persuasion, wouldn't it? Right. Right. So. Yeah, the thing is, it ended on that kind of duff duff moment when with Callum being proposition with that. Maybe Callum is like, well, no, and he sacrifices his career. Oh my god, yeah, that'd be nice. I actually that'd be quite romantic. Like that. Yeah, romantic and also just get rid of this like storyline that was never going to work. Like it Callum was so being predictable and stupid. Yeah, it was just silly. 
Also, Callum's much better as a funeral director, no? <laughs> he was such a lovely funeral director, yeah. Right. But then would he work with Stuart and Rainey? I guess he would. Well, which I loved. Like, you know, sweet Callum being empathetic to old dears Aww, about their yeah. dead husbands, like, in his black suit. I was like, yeah. Well, mentioning Stuart and Rainey, were you happy to see them back? Absolutely delighted. Do you not find them just such a joy, like their like comedy interactions? Yeah, they are amazing. Do you remember that, like, when um when EastEnders announced that they're like stopping filming and we're gonna have a break in episodes, and you were like, oh, I really hope when they come back that we come back just to Stuart and Rainey's wedding. That's right. I think that might have been my end of uh, EastEnders series one prediction. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But no. No. Yeah, it but we're getting nice. close to it. We're getting close to it. And Coral Stewart and his stag do. Which I think mainly they had to do that storyline because it was like, it's going to be such a logistical nightmare to work out a stag do with the social distancing <laughs> requirement. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. And he should not be having a stag do right now. But I think we kind of said in last week's episode that we're kind of, as long as it's safe, we're kind of happy for yeah. EastEnders to exist in a different timeline. Do you know what? This week, I actually... I didn't really notice the social distancing in the same way, did you? No, and actually I was going to say that. I think they've done a really decent job. So, like, my mum watches some of the other soaps. So I caught, like, a couple of, like, Corrie and Emmerdale episodes. Because they they started filming again a lot earlier than EastEnders. And um, there the social distancing is, like, it's a little bit of a joke at some point. So, like, there was a couple getting married on Coronation Street and they didn't even bother with any fancy camera angles. They just showed the two of them standing about like five meters apart at the <laughs> altar. Uh, yeah, I thought they did really well this week. Like I didn't even, it was really about two episodes in where I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that they're doing social distancing. They must have got a bit better at the cam- camera angles and stuff. Yeah, I think they've done it. And I guess it's maybe we're now seeing... Well, it's kind of what you just said there. Like, they've just got better. The actors have got used to the situation. Yeah. I think they're using sound really well mm. um, to make things sound busier and, uh, you know, the pub sound busier, the market sound busier. I think they've been really smart with the, the use of, of sound as well. Yeah, definitely. Particularly in Friday's episode, which we'll talk about more later. Like, the way right. that they use sound as a kind of, uh, I don't know, like, as a very, like, creative tool where you're focusing in on like one character and you can hear everything around them but you can't see it right right oh we're getting closer to that big storyline but let's let's get to the others before before we get there so i think um ruby um Mm -hmm. declared her love for martin this week ruby's in trouble Uh oh yeah so you kind of predicted this last week as well you thought that we were going to have a ruby versus the panasars kind of feud really or Elise versus Suki which is definitely what's happening yeah I know right like and I wonder I guess the Martin attack served two purposes it was one to put Ruby in an awkward situation for when Stacy comes back so triggered her declaration of love and then I guess it was also maybe to trigger this feud with the Panasars although I'm less sure as to whether that's going to go anywhere hmm yeah, I was struggling to see, like, what they're going to do with it, really. But I guess it's just, like, some drama for Suki to get into, isn't it? It's just, it's, I feel like maybe it's more revealing about, like, her character. We're going to see more and more of, like, what she can do. Yeah, exactly. She's um, 
definitely showing hints in various different situations as to like who she really is and the control she has over her family i guess it's trying to figure out which one of those threads is going to be the big one because there's the as you mentioned as we mentioned like the ruby stuff there's a little bit of the chantelle stuff and then there's obviously the um uh, jags stuff possibly as well um, so. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going to go with it at the moment. So I just think it was like pretty bold of Ruby to to try and pin it all on Vinny. Oh God, yeah, right. It's complete complete piss take. Um, but do you believe, based on okay, you know Martin's character, Martin's age, what have you, and Vinny? And I know Vinny's shorter, but uh, that Martin would have caught Vinny. <laughs> If, if Vinny had just carried on running... Yeah, you're right. He should have just run. He should have just run a lot right. further. I don't know why he went into the mini-mart. He could have outrun Martin easily. Yeah. But let's not let's not dwell on that too much. Yeah. <laughs> we needed... The, yeah, it was a tool. It was a tool for us to find out more about Suki and for Ruby to get into yeah. trouble. Which is cool. I like, I like Ruby. I'm glad she's got a bit more of a storyline. Well, shall we speak about Ruby's... Um money issues as well because obviously that was the reason for this situation and i think we've finally got confirmation as to where some of her money issues are coming from <laughs> i love how bold cat's being and uh, also should ruby not figure this out by now yeah come on yeah although how is cat doing it um i guess it's as simple as just having someone's it's pretty easy to get someone's account number someone's card number she works in the club doesn't she so she must have like got it while she was cleaning or something yeah that's it really i guess the thing that is not really believable is that the bank won't have resolved it by now refunded at least some of the money and changed all like the account numbers and stuff (laughs) yeah that makes no sense at all but fine (laughs) but maybe cat is just finding out the new account numbers they are being changed but yeah, but is she still... Oh, she must still be cleaning the club, I guess. I think she is, yeah. Because I guess, yeah. despite Kat, like, goading Ruby, Ruby's a bit like, well, you know, she is Stacey's cousin, so... Yeah. I love that Kush is just like... <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, cool, great, extra money. I know. That you know. got from doing one extra cleaning job or something. Kush is right. a little bit... And I don't mind it, to be honest. Um, He's a little bit of a prop uh, right now. Like, so yeah. he had a little bit of... Uh, contribution to the Martin storyline to the Grey storyline and obviously he's got a little bit of involvement with uh, um, the Cat storyline as well yeah well so oh no there's one more thing actually to discuss that isn't the big one Um, and that's Frankie yeah she's turning out to be a big character and actually if she turns out to be someone with sinister intentions or a bit weird and stuff i'd actually be quite glad to be honest because i think portraying characters with disabilities um is uh as well i don't know is it bad to portray them with slightly villainous streaks is that a streaks is that a trope as well but i guess if she was just there as an educational tool about being deaf that would be annoying yeah yeah so this has had a bit i uh, got a bit of texture but what yeah. do you think where do you think uh this is coming from her well, this is also one of those things where I think I saw a headline. I tried to scroll past it really oh, yeah. quickly. So I I think I've, I have a hint of what it might be. Are we doing like a two-minute spoiler alert here? Like skip two Yeah, minutes. quick spoiler alert. Skip ahead. I'm one minute, I think. Okay. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but 
the I saw something about like uh, Mick having like I don't know like a daughter or a family member that he didn't know about or that the rest of the family didn't know about. It's gonna be some big explosive like situation with the Carters and I think with Frankie or with this little brother that she's talking about. I'm not sure. I think okay. I think the brother is going to be Mick's son. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know if Frankie will be. Well, maybe mm. Frankie will be a daughter as well, but I figure it can only be one of them, and I suspect yeah. it's probably the little boy. That makes sense. Yeah, the way she was talking to Ollie. So, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Well, let's move on from the spoiler though. Okay. All right. No are, more spoilers. Are we going to do the uh, the big one now then? Uh-huh. yeah yeah god this week so grim so grim do you know what? okay before we kind of go into like all the stuff they did really well and uh you know where we think this is going to go next i yeah. do want to spend a little bit of time because and i don't think it will take a long time but a little bit of time thinking about the things that I don't think work so well. And I don't know if you've got anything in that regard. I definitely um, do. No, I pretty much 100% loved it. So I'm interested. I'm interested in what, what you noticed that uh, you didn't think was so great. I think it's, as I say, it's not a lot. So we can get through this pretty quickly. But there was two things. One was her doing the whole, like, goodbye, mom, goodbye, dad thing. And yeah. I don't feel like there was uh, enough there to tell us why she thought this was going to be her demise. Because I got the goodbyes a little bit when she was just going to run away. Um, but maybe is that where the goodbyes come from? Because I felt like they were doing them more because she had some sense she was going to die. But maybe I misunderstood that and her goodbyes were because she knew that she was going to be running away. I think, yeah, I think it was like a bit of both. Like, obviously, Stenders was signaling her death, and that was really sad. I think that she, or I think it's like two things. One, I think she knew she was going back into a very dangerous situation, mm. and she didn't know exactly what was going to happen to her. To her, and the second is, yeah, that she was going to try and take the kids and run away that night, yeah, just as soon as possible, so she didn't know when she was going to see them again. Yeah, and actually thinking about it in that sense, I'd probably reconsider that. And as I say, they're very minor. It just felt a little bit on the nose, but it more came from the fact that I guess we knew she was going to die. So I was just reading it in that context. And if we didn't know, yeah. then maybe I'd be a bit like, just it's just general anxiety about going back to that that situation, even if she didn't have any sense of her uh, of how dangerous it was. But obviously oh, knowing that it God. was was quite dangerous yeah. and then I guess the couple of other things as well was um I was a little unsure about Grey's acting by the end of the week like not not in any kind of terrible sense but it got a little bit too kind of sociopathic at the end for me like um I don't know like I was yeah it, it was a bit like it just kind of accelerated a little too quickly well, so me. when because he realizes that she's gonna die and then he also kind of has this process where he looks around the room he realizes what it looks like he realizes that like it's not an accident and that he's gonna have to get himself out of this situation as well is that the bit that like made you feel like it was too much he was like too much of a villain yeah exactly exactly and and he's kind of been a you know pretty swivel-eyed like we've only seen him as like 
you know, this in this kind of mode since EastEnders have come back. And I know we got a little bit like in the scenes on Friday where when he interacted yeah. with Suki and, you know, a little bit in the pub. But even in the pub, he was a bit of a prick. Um, so, and but then, so I have a counter argument, yeah. I think. So with the, I actually thought the scenes where he left the house and went to other bits of the square and had these conversations were really brilliant. So particularly because he bumped into Whitney. Yeah had that conversation with Whitney and then he bumped into Kush and Kush asked how's Whitney and we had all this sort of like um signaling to Whitney's case which in a way like there's some parallels there where mm. she um accidentally killed Leo and then she went she left the house and she just like yeah. didn't deal with it for a few hours actually and I felt like that was making Gray go because he also has been working on this case and he's been building the case for like that being an abusive relationship and I felt like that for him for me I thought it looked like he was everything was clicking into place and he was putting together everything that he'd just done and adding it up to an abusive murder yeah no I think the thing is is that I guess this is me maybe just trying to take a step back because I think once you were kind of in the storyline and bought into it like I think it was like it worked really well um it's just then I was a little part of me is going like just kind of reflecting on it going like is this like the best way I've seen this kind of storyline portrayed and I would say probably not but at the same time I don't think it needs to be the best and I think it um, portrays this situation you know obviously not every like domestic violence situation is the same so I think this is is perfectly believable um and I guess I, I guess the only other thing which then they were constrained about was obviously all of the social distancing requirements. So I imagine they probably had a different way of maybe portraying this uh, in any other circumstance. So there were just kind of moments where you're a bit like, well, I know they kind of had to do this. So um, this is probably why it's kind of worked out like this. Yeah, but but you know what? Actually, having kind of like chatted it through with you, like none of it is stuff that makes me kind of feel any differently as to like how great the performances were and how just the acting like impactful was, it was. Yeah, absolutely incredible, um, and just oh, just like so so difficult to listen to and watch, and so I just I it's clearly such a well-researched storyline, just like in the way that she's got to this point where she's like ready to leave, she's done all of the work, she's made all of the plans, she's got some money, and like this is the moment where he's like like the there's the part where he said I would you know I'd rather kill the children than have you all leave. Second, it was like felt like he was gonna do that. Yeah, and the all of these things are so so like sadly so so common. I was wondering if we should listen to a clip, actually, Let's of um, their first, the first arguments in the house. Content warning for this. I'll just find out how long it is. So if you want to skip ahead from this, skip ahead one minute and two seconds. I want to talk now. About what? What? It's so important that it won't wait till tomorrow. What is it? It was in my bag. One of the kids must have got it from the arcade. I know! 
him that broke in, wasn't it? You're just acting crazy. What does this mean? Nothing. Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Do you want me to hurt you? No. Is that what you want? No. Is that what you'd like? I think it is. Please, no. What did you mean you want to cash in? Mm. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, so grim. So grim. Yeah, it's just, it's really, really difficult to watch. And she is just like, she's such a brilliant actor. And she was just so, the character was so terrified all week. And like the build up to that moment was just so tense. Right. right. And I don't know, like, did you, how did you feel about, there was a lot of tender moments between her and Mitch this week as well. Yeah. And I really, I think they were, they were really sweet. And I think he has always been the one who has clocked that there's something something that wasn't right. And in fact, I think he figured it out at one point until yeah. he was kind of reassured. Um, and also that moment of him going to get the kids as well, um, I thought was was really sweet. And yeah, I think he I think he's been a really great actor as well this week. Oh my god, yeah. So so Brilliant. good. Um and I suspect he's gonna be the one to really kind of push uh, on discovering what really happened when it came mm-hmm. to, to obviously the the accident in inverted commas. So yeah, I just I think he was like he was really on point um, in the way that he yeah. he played those scenes. Um, and I just can't bear to think like how it's going to be when him and and Karen find out next week. Oh God, it's like a be careful what you wish for situation because we've always been saying, oh, I want to see more of Mitch. I want to see more of Karen, like give them some big storylines. But this, ah. Oh. Yeah, completely. Karen, like, and I, and I think again, it's realistic. This happens often. You have like a parent who, you know, doesn't see the signs as much or isn't as supportive. But given Karen's nature and how kind of, you know, protective she's often been over her kids in those scenes with Keanu, um yeah she's been a little bit oblivious no yeah she i mean she was totally oblivious which is like a theme in eastenders where like someone will be clearly like experiencing something awful and acting really really weird and no one notices right and i just think of the scenes where like she i don't know if she ever figured out what was happening with sharon but like once she did she was kind of in there in sharon's face like constantly trying to like fix that situation even if she couldn't she was kind of in that situation trying to work it all out. And but I think this is, sorry, no, go I think this is EastEnders getting across this thing of domestic violence happens in every household. And I think what, what we see with Karen is this almost like internalized classism where she's seeing like Chantel's kind of moved up into this like very well-off family. And she's got this like, you know, visibly beautiful life and a big house and Karen can't conceive. Like she's, right. she's, she's kind of written off Chantal as the one that she doesn't have to worry about right. she's all sorted and so that I think that's like what makes her so blind to it all yeah that's a really good point actually and I think they've they've played that into her character really well um again for her then I'm not saying you know the impact will be any less for for Mitch but for her not even kind of suspecting like I imagine the guilt she's going to feel is going to be horrendous Oh, it's going to be awful. I'm really, <laughs> really nervous about the next few weeks having to watch this show. I th- so I thought also on Friday in particular, like the whole, you know, it's one of those special episodes. It was basically just Chantal and Grey almost for the whole thing. Mm. And I thought things like, 
like the way they did it creatively i thought was brilliant the camera angles um the kind of uh actually the on thursday's episode that kind of mirroring of the horror film they were watching and then um kira like breaking in right to the house i thought was like really well done i liked how they used all those different techniques this week yeah no for sure and obviously i don't know if they had planned to do this before obviously all the pandemic stuff hit but they've been incredibly creative in in working out because i obviously always wondered how they were going to do the actual death scene um and i think yeah and actually what they did in like not having her like like literally throttle her or you know drown her in the bath and stuff i actually think this is a lot better um in that you know it's still the case that he killed her like um Mm. and i don't think he gets away with that because he didn't mean to i think he the intention comes from the fact of him terrorizing her um for however long it is um and i wonder the extent they're gonna pick up on that if they actually show his trial because maybe he'll get away for a few weeks uh of claiming that it was an accident and i hope they don't make it last too long but once it eventually kind of you know transpires that he had been uh, assaulting her he'd been controlling her um he'd been terrorizing her in in various ways yeah i wonder if they will then show like his trial and whether it will be interesting to see how much he'll be able to kind of claim that you know lack of intent um Mm -hmm. and i don't know how the law is when it comes to these kinds of cases anymore whether he can kind of still claim that or i don't know like stuff has moved on to a point where he um because of the whole situation he still you know, he's still held accountable for, for actually, like, intentionally murdering her. Yeah, I mean, I think in reality, the law is still really terrible on that. Mm. But we'll see how that pans out. And yeah, I agree. I don't want to see some, like, long drawn out thing where we don't know that, where everyone else hasn't realised that Grey did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was wondering also, so you sort of alluded to the silly pub scene. Well, I've actually got a little audio clip of it. Yeah, should we do it? Okay, so we're going to play the clip where uh, this is where Grey goes back into the pub before he goes home because he can't bring himself to go home. And what's actually interesting about this clip, I thought it was really well done, is basically the camera's on Grey like the whole time. So you're hearing all this stuff around around him, but we're really like focusing on his reaction. <laughs> ah, here he is. Look, hey, go on, get that down, son. You any good at chucking arrows? What? Doing jeans team. Now done a wristing. No, no, I'm literally knocking this back and I've got to go. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, just give it a throw. <laughs> oh, look, Jean. You got your own knight in shining armour. <laughs> but that's the trouble with the middle classes. They can't throw a dart to save their lives. supposed to breathe out as you try. <laughs> Played dots before. Thanks. The pressure's getting to him. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Can... What did you think of that scene? Okay, so I am going to go back to my criticism. I think you've helped me resolve my main plot-based criticisms, which I think I'm on your page with. <laughs> I am going to get back to, though, uh, the quality of, like, the actor who plays uh, Grey, like, in terms of their acting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's just little moments like that with like the snarling, like the 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 kind of eyes darting around. And obviously, I get in that circumstance, he's just left his wife to die. Um, I just think it's also kind of before that as well. And even in that situation, the I I don't know. There's I think the scene like when he interacted with Whitney, I definitely agree. Like you know, you could you could you know as a viewer, you're in the know, so you'd pick up on some of those like nervousness but like maybe Whitney wouldn't and actually Whitney did a little bit it's just then there's these little moments in in the I I don't know there's my my worry with Gray is that they were always going to kind of like eventually just kind of monster him like he was just going to be this terrible baddie um and from then on we weren't going to get to know like where this comes from like you know why he did any of this and, you know, they explored it, like, obviously last year or whenever it was at the start of this year when he did this therapy and stuff. Yeah. And I just think they've got to the point now where he's just this kind of, like, bag of anger and vitriol. And I totally get, for particularly kind of this week, I just wonder if we're ever going to see that grey again where he's got some redeeming qualities or at the very least where we get to understand a bit more about where this came from. There was stuff to do with his father, I think like, um, et cetera before. And I just, I don't know. I worry like that. We're just never going to see that again. And maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know what you think about that. Um, I read that scene totally differently, actually. Like uh, the way that I saw that was that um, like what I thought they did really well this week was like connect Gray's, vulnerability and his humanity to his violence so like he they draw they drew on his insecurity like a lot and they kind of pushed at you know how you know he's he's kind of pathetic like he's really that everything wounds him everything is personal for him and like he just can't handle like any form of criticism or anything that feels like an attack particularly on his masculinity and that scene in the pub for me was like okay you've literally like just killed your wife and you can't back away from this like one thing where people are jibing at him and they're like like he's still really ruffled up by that and he can't not take the opportunity to like throw the dart and show them yeah yeah I think the thing is whenever you kind of respond I'm a bit like okay I know I think I'm probably wrong um there's just something constantly in my the back of my mind about something to do with his acting and something to do with maybe he's like kind of uh standing on the square so i know he's standing on the square is obviously a lot to do with the fact that he's kind of helped whitney and i think maybe like intervened in a couple of other cases that i can't mm-hmm. remember um and look and we got a little bit and i thought that was quite a nice scene of his uh of um shirley's reaction to him like a little bit of kind of resentment yeah because of, of his class status um i don't know there's just kind of moments where like like why is it just because of Whitney that like Kush likes him I just kind of feel like there's what has he done to have (laughs) some of those moments where um he's liked a bit more than maybe his behavior would yeah I get you like he's not really formed yeah it may have been more convincing if he'd formed like some real friendships in the square like maybe if him and Kush were like actually mates that would make a bit more sense and then you then you might see this process of like often because that's where abusers where where, who they're defended by is like their friends or their family yeah exactly I don't know maybe I'm just looking for stuff that that isn't there 
Um, I think it'll be very telling where they go with it in the next few weeks and how how Grey reacts and what we see of his character, like whether he is just sort of going to be this one-dimensional like monster or whether we get to unpick like all the different things that contribute to a person um, carrying out that kind of violence on someone. Yeah, that's the thing. I would love to see like an episode in the next few weeks where that's explored. Ultimately, like at the end of that, I think he does deserve like his kind of patheticness his like uh as yeah the way you described it like he's just kind of you know just being wounded at any kind of criticism i hope that ultimately becomes uh what we think of him as um right now i almost feel like he's got too much power um and that hasn't been exposed um and i just want you know that real kind of like you know his real character to really be shown for what it is because right now he's kind of standing on the square is that he's this like well-dressed well-moneyed uh you know successful lawyer who's saving the day for whitney and all that kind of stuff and i hope we get to see what a pathetic little toad he really <laughs> is in like the next few weeks and as a part of that that's also a bit of character development as well so yeah we'll see I'm both excited and extremely apprehensive at having to watch the next like two or three weeks of EastEnders. What's your kind of, you know, prediction on how this will play out? Um, I think that he's got to go quite soon. Yeah. Um, so I, f- I feel like we'll see a short kind of, um, you know, maybe few episodes where he's still covering it up and maybe Mitch uncovers it or maybe Kira uncovers it um and then and then he'll have to go like we can't have him we can't have Chantal gone and Grey stay I don't mind if he stays for a while really I think okay basically I know I said earlier that I hope they don't drag out like the idea it was an accident for weeks I guess where that comes from is just my slight irritation with the way that we're just gonna have to watch like bumbling like you know police officer and we're going to have to watch, like, everybody, like, give him, like, sympathy and shit. Yeah. Like, that's what I can't be asked with. I can't be asked with the whole, like, oh, is Grey getting away with this? If, though, they do something like he gets with Whitney uh, or oh, he kind God. of, like, do you know what I mean, right? Like, if, <laughs> if they move him into a different storyline and that's the way, like, he kind of gets his comeuppance, I would be quite interested to see that. Um, like, I would be quite interested to see, like, Whitney, like, properly like fuck him over but i guess they've already done that with um with him kill with her killing i just i can't i can't see another like whitney gets abused storyline i just cannot i cannot i also like i just wouldn't feel that good about like them running a domestic violence storyline i think they've done it really really responsibly but like the downside of that is that we don't chantelle doesn't really ever get to be like the three-dimensional person they kind of nearly developed her into and she's kind of and that's it she's gone and then if we if he gets to kind of like stay and be developed as a character i think that's like a bit of a it's a bit of a shame i also just feel bad for jessica Plummer, the <laughs> yeah. actor who plays chantel they're like she's so brilliant and they kind of like i don't know they had to do it with the storyline i'm behind the storyline but like now she's not got a job in like the worst time ever for an actor not to have a job and she's amazing but then but then a part of me feels like if they wanted to get rid of him quickly 
it goes back to what I'm saying is that the, uh, he is probably going to stay for a while because of the way they've decided to do the death scene. To get rid of him yeah. quickly in a way that I would have been kind of on board with, I think him doing something in a way that like either gets discovered, and maybe he will get discovered pretty quickly, um, but I'm guessing that's not where they're going to go with this, or they just did it in a way where it's pretty obvious that he's killed her, that would be for me the kind of like neatest and most kind of you know effective way to get him off the square um i just can't be bothered with the whole kind of like uh him having to get discovered and what have you and it's a bit like i don't know i don't know i don't know what i want to be honest like i just <laughs> yeah i don't know right it's difficult it's been difficult to watch it's because if, if they resolve it quickly in the way that you want that means within a week like we'll have to do like oh he pretends it's an accident and then we two within two weeks someone realizes it was an accident and then he gets arrested and it's a bit like well why did you bother to kill Chantal or Chantel off in that way then yeah I was a bit surprised about the cover-up at the end but but we'll see how it goes yeah um so I mean a little bit of a somber episode this week but just couldn't really be avoided very grim, very grim. Shall we uh, shall we wrap up now? Let's do EastEnder of the Week. Who's your EastEnder of the Week? Mine is going to be, uh, for the fact, just because I said Chantel last week, and I think she deserves props for, for this week, for all of the reasons we've kind of spoken about in the podcast. Although, thinking back, I think I've spent most of it criticizing the storyline and i want to <laughs> make it clear that i thought these episodes were super powerful i thought friday's episode was incredibly harrowing and i thought both actors did an incredibly good job so i don't want that to be hey this is a place for in-depth reflection on eastenders if people don't I know, want it, it they don't have to come back but it feels like all of my criticisms have been like rebutted pretty effectively by you so now i'm a bit like well why did i bother i should have just said hey, the things i liked about it different things uh, when, we, <laughs> when we watch you send it it's also because i've literally just watched it and i was just like oh my god that was incredible and awful that's true that's true but in the context of me thinking the storylines are wonderful and particularly jessica Plummer, mm. the end of the week i'm actually going to go for is uh, is mitch Oh my god! I was gonna say Mitch. Yeah. Let's let's have a joint East End of the week. Mitch was let's just so incredible. I think he just played those scenes so well, and you know he didn't quite tip into like you know knowing what was going on, but he did, you know, obviously call her and what have you. Um, so I just thought, yeah, it was really great. Why, why, why is he your East End of the Week? Yeah, just like incredible acting. And it was just so nice to like see this side of Mitch where he was like, kind of finally, he's finally really ready to like commit to sort of making up for not being around. And he's like doing this a bit of a turnaround. He's like so sensitive to how Chantel's feeling and like getting this feeling that he needs to be intervening. And he did everything that he, that he would do in that situation there wasn't right. really anything else he could do and it was just right. like heart-wrenching to watch and also i like the fact that they didn't tip it into him having like outright hostility from mm. for gray um because again that is the situation often how it transpires right you're like well that's my daughter's husband so i've got to put up with this even if i kind of suspect something isn't going so well yeah exactly and actually again i thought that was like something they portrayed really well because i was watching it 
last week um with my boyfriend and there was like a scene with Chantelle and Mitch and my boyfriend kind of went oh god just tell him tell him please and I and I was thinking well if she had told Mitch Mitch probably would have gone and like punched Gray and then Gray would have got Mitch arrested or something and right. it just would have been all, and then would have taken it out on Chantal again and like maybe right. accelerated the situation so like it really right. demonstrated how like stuck she was and I think actually and we're now I'm now not discussing like the East End of the Week but and you've kind of mentioned this already um but I think they really understood the role in which like the children play in this like quite well and I don't mm. think you know they, I, I think it's you know they didn't need to and and they didn't like have many scenes with like the kids in terms of like you know them having lines and what have you but her situation was obviously always complicated by her concern uh of for the kids and leaving them with him um you know there was there's moments where you know the kids stayed with uh um him in the house like mitch going to get the kids Mm -hmm. the kids being in the car like when uh, they were going back to to London, um, and then you know there was always these moments where her situation and her plight was complicated by her concern for the children. I think yeah, they just totally. played that out like really well throughout the week. Yeah, and when you you know you think through the situation, you know that she couldn't leave without them because he would keep them because he has the house, he has the money. Like, right. there's no way that she would win that situation. But, right. Yeah. And her not telling Mitch, mm. I think was again complicated by that concern of like um if he does something you know etc cetera, etc cetera, like will it impact my access to the kids or the safety of the children themselves yeah and how yeah. quickly when when gray said that he was going to hurt the kids like how quickly she believed him and how right. you know it was totally believable can i do a special shout out even because we've both got the same east end of the week can i do a shout out for another character then oh yeah uh for kira kira yeah Oh, he's so lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think like he did. There wasn't a lot to what he had to do this week, um, but I think he did it well. I think there was a kind of like nervous excitement that he played really well, where he kind of, you know, he never pushed like Chantel to disclose like the full extent of the situation. Yeah. Partly for selfish reasons, because he obviously wanted it to go as smoothly as possible. So he was just like, "I'll do it. I'll just do whatever." let's just you know get to the point where we're together um and you know the moment at which even after the alarm going off like he goes to get the box anyway um and i'm glad like even if maybe it took away from the realism of the situation like i'm glad like you know we got to see a potential of like what the romance would have been between them oh my god yeah i almost like because i've been saying that i really wanted to see them like kiss or just have a moment and I it was almost enough just when she was like oh, I really want to kiss you right now and I was like right. yes Chantel I know I know Aww. yeah, yeah he's so, so great. Just well so, done so beautiful I mean we say this every week but he's so fit oh my god I know right that was the couple that we we deserved but never got yeah they're too so they're fair. too beautiful for EastEnders they are we couldn't have we couldn't have coped <laughs> with it couldn't have coped What's your prediction for next week and beyond? Um, what's my? Oh, I said mine earlier. Although, like now thinking about it, it's just it's not even a prediction. It's just like they are just basically telling us that this is what's going to happen. Right. Callum is going to give up Phil in exchange for Ben, and then it's going to lead to conflict between Callum and Ben. Callum's going to try and like 
convince Ben that he was just doing what's best for him. Ben's going to yet again be torn between his awful father and his now police boy- boyfriend. So, Which is boring. Like, Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I know your prediction is boring, but it's a bit like, ah, uh, for God's sake, who knew that Callum becoming a police officer would lead to this situation? Like, Yeah, and it feels like they've teased this, like, um, Callum uh, Ben having to choose between Callum and Phil. Like, they've been teasing it forever. It's like, I'm, all, I'm over it now. It's like, you haven't done it. So, yeah. yeah Shit, I'll so... get off the pot. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> What's your prediction? I'm not very confident with mine, but it goes back to my obsession with Suki having a big storyline. And I'm wondering, and I think it will mainly be Mitch, but I'm wondering if Suki has a part to play in uncovering Grey's, uh, you know, violence and her, his his responsibility for Chantal's death and I think for two reasons one we got the scene in the minute mark where she was a bit like why the fuck are you telling me about your wife having hot chocolate yeah like her face was like give a shit like why are you telling me this (laughs) um and I thought it was quite a well-played scene as well where like Gray giving this extra exposition because it's almost like he's trying right he's trying to create this like alibi for himself a little bit um and then him like dropping the milk so I thought that was really clever like the way Mm. they did that but also Gray did report um the call center to trading standards yeah yeah so she's got beef with him already she's got beef and now she's maybe going to have suspicion as well yeah so I and also there's now she's got no reason to not um play into like Kirat's like uh lust and love actually for for Chantel because she's dead so maybe this is a way of getting into Kirat's good books by saying look I kind of exposed Grey so yeah, it's a little convoluted possibly right but for reasons that you know Suki for manipulative reasons on Suki's part yeah oh um, very interesting that's it yeah it's yeah, an interesting prediction again yeah. I just I I would think your predictions are better than the actual story you know <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I hope that I hope the milk bottle is like crucial to um, Gray's comeuppance. Yeah, but, but there too. we go. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we've wrapped up on uh, the most traumatic week of extenders, <laughs> I think, maybe since the Winnie Tony storyline or the Little Mo storyline. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Onwards and, and um, upwards. Onwards and upwards, and I think we've got some. I'm really excited for Stuart and Rainey's wedding and a bit of light relief on on that front. So yeah, me yeah. too. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Well, we will uh, see you next week. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye. <laughs>